Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hi, writers. Welcome to episode number 62 of How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron, and I am so happy that you're here. Today, I was able to speak with the awesome Danica Kelly, who is a delightful ball of energy, who is more prone to stability when it comes to her writing than any cliched poet's angst. And I really found it lovely to talk to her about how she inspire, stays inspired to do her best work. I've really enjoyed this talk. I know that you will too. So before we jump in there, just a quick little update. I have been, oh, my mojo is back, y'all. Finally, for the first time in like two months, I am in one spot. Well, kind of. Um, not traveling much. I'm in my chair all day, every day. Uh, my health is back. I have energy again, and I really forget how much being ill takes it out of you, and I was really unhappy there for a little while. Clara? Okay, Clara and I have discussed that there's no barking right now. No barking, right? No barking. Oh, the things we do. Um, so yes, I feel great. I'm back at the page. Um, I hate to say this because this is bragging, but I am going to brag. This week alone, it's only Thursday, I have revised more than 50,000 words of my thriller. Um, they were pretty clean before. They were clean enough to send to my agent um, a while back to say, like, do you think this book is working? But now they're being revised to the shape of the book that I want. So there's a lot of movement happening. Um, but I'm just like, it's like writing down a slide. I know that that's not going to be the case for the next 40,000 words, which are <laughs> very, very rough, but I've been enjoying this kind of clean downhill slide. Um, plus, I've been teaching my memoir class at Stanford as well as the novel class at Berkeley. Um, the memoir class is super intense and it's a three hour a night class and I love it so much. There are some moments in time where I feel like maybe this was along with writing, this was what I was meant to do is teach memoir. There is nothing that excites me more. It excites me more than teaching fiction because people's real lives are at stake. And, um, and a lot of memoirists are brand new writers. They don't come to it from a fiction angle. They come to it from a, this is my life. This is my very, very precious, vulnerable life. And I get to work with them on that. So um, speaking of that, I've also started the the book on how to write a memoir, which I've been talking about and had been outlined, but that's actually underway. So I've been kind of double dipping inside the thriller and then jumping into the memoir book. So that is super exciting. This afternoon, I was um, super sleepy and I took a nap and now I'm regretting that because uh, I actually do go out of the country in the morning. We're going to Vancouver because my wife has, has a convention there. So I am using that convention. I'm usually the one going to the conventions. I'm using her convention as a little mini writing retreat. I don't have to do Jack while I'm there. I'm going to see two friends. That's it. Uh, the rest of the time, I think I will probably stay in the hotel room. I've spent time in Vancouver before. I would love to go see some of the sites, but I've seen them. I can't wait to eat some Vancouver sushi, which is the best. Um, but the rest of the time, I'm going to spend in the hotel or in the hotel room working on two other projects. Um, I have a Christmas novella that I'd love to plot out and get out before Christmas. 
in one in my romance um darling bay song uh darling bay world and um the other project is a proposal that i'd like my agent to take out um on my next women's fiction um death doula plus venice so uh, that's exciting so i really really want to kind of hammer those kind of things out while i'm there not work on the thriller use my mojo here in oakland to work on the thriller um, but be outside of my comfort space and doing playing with some new things so i can't wait for this weekend this working weekend and um a little bit more business Uh, in terms of patreon i want to thank very very heartily with like literally my heart thank you sarah black um for uh sponsoring me and um jay and i on my other podcast which is called the petal to the metal i'm the petal he's the metal and um sarah you chose to sponsor both of us and that really means a lot your stickers on its way uh kathy jones thank you so much lily morris thanks so so much for supporting me and y'all Barbara Samuel O'Neill pledged. I'm hoping she just saw it and wants to see the essays and she doesn't listen to the podcast, honest to God, because I'm such a fangirl. When I saw that she had pledged to me, Barbara Samuel O'Neill, who has written books under Barbara Samuel and Barbara O'Neill, all of which I love. They are tremendous. They're full of heart and emotion and real life. And uh, the fact that she pledged to me just broke my mind. I did not think she knew who I was. So, um, ah, that's exciting. But as always with your patronage, you get an essay a month from me on the creative life. And if you pledge at the $3 an essay level, you get texts from me a couple times a week, which you can reply back to encouraging you just to get your work done. Also, your patronage gets you the satisfaction that you're truly a patron of the arts in the old-fashioned way. And that is so awesome, and I appreciate it mightily and heartily. So let's get into the interview. I can hear my dogs are just champing at the bit to start barking their full heads off. So before that happens, let's jump into the interview with Danica, and I wish you very happy writing this week. Thanks, friends. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write, and you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. All right, well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome Danica Kelly. Hi, Danica. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for being with me today. Let me give you a little introduction. Uh, Danica Kelly is the author of Bestiary, which I read and loved, uh, which came out from Grey Wolf in 2016. It was winner of the 2015 Cave Con and Poetry Prize, longlisted for the MBA, and a finalist for Lambda Literary Award. She's also the author of the chapbook Aviarium and a Cave Con graduate fellow. She received her MFA in writing from the Michener Center for Writers and a PhD in English from the Vanderbilt University. Her poems have been have have appeared or are forthcoming in Virginia Quarterly Review, Tin House, and Gulf Coast, and she's currently an assistant professor at St. Bonaventure University, where she teaches creative writing. And that is a really impressive bio. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Just making my way. (laughs) I know, isn't that great? But I just, I love saying all of those things. That's so cool. And I'm just so pleased you talked to me today. (laughs) Well, this this podcast is about your process, and I am not a poet. I'm a fiction writer and a memoirist, mm-hmm. and um, for that reason, I think 
that I'm always really, really excited when I get poets on the show. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm diving deeper into reading poetry, which is something I gave up after grad school. And, um, and I really consider it the most difficult form. So it's always really interesting to talk to poets on the, on the show. I really do. I, I think that novels are easy and anything shorter gets harder and harder. Um, what is the best time of day for you to write and where do you write? Uh, the best time, <laughs> I'm just thinking about like poetry being the hardest thing. I don't oh, know how people write so prose. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, there's so much that I can just like let go of having to worry about when I write poems. And I feel like, I mean, I think just the scale of choice is a little bit different um, in prose. Yeah, uh, totally. So yeah. the best times uh, of day for me to write tend to be uh, in the, in the kind of early-ish evening. Um, Especially if like I've uh, if I've been in a fallow period, usually sometime in the sort of early evening around maybe six o'clock, mm-hmm. I think, oh, I should probably think about writing a poem. So I'm <laughs> actually completely I'm... interrupting your creative flow right now because it is six o'clock where you are. <laughs> Sorry about well, no, that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm in I feel like right now there are like little little seeds are sprouting, uh, mm. but nothing to harvest just yet. Just uh, just some sprouts. Uh, so usually around six o'clock, um, and then that can go that can go farther into the evening. I like writing in the evenings very much, um, and I write most of the time on my couch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on I know a laptop that, or on in, in a notebook or. Uh, ideally, when I was writing work that was a little bit shorter than when I what I seem to be producing now, I wrote. Uh, I would handwrite drafts. Right now, I'm doing some part of the drafting process on the computer and then like on my laptop and then switching to uh, handwritten drafts and then switching back. Oh, interesting. Just so that I, because sometimes it's hard to to see the poem if it's coming out like in sort of drips and drabs or if it's if it feels kind of long, then I just like, I want to hurry up and see what it looks like. So, okay. uh, I want to go back for a second to what you said about um, feeling those sprouts. How did mm-hmm. how does that feel to a poet to to know that something's coming? I think it's when my sense of perception seems to be heightened mm. a little bit. So uh, recently, like the last couple of weeks, I've gone outside and I've been like, "Oh, look, there's a squirrel on the line." Undoubtedly, most mornings that squirrel is on the line, <laughs> but I wouldn't know <laughs> because I don't seem to notice it. Uh, uh, when I'm not in that, in that kind of zone. Um, or I might notice a particular quality of roadkill. Uh, there's been quite a lot of roadkill. I've been driving a lot. So I'm like, Oh, that's like an entire raccoon as opposed to a smashed raccoon. Like that seems a little fresh. So (laughs) So, so your eyes, your eyes are open to at at least animals out there. (laughs) And I think that that signals something, um, to me about like that my gaze is ready to turn more external. Mm. If that makes sense. Yes, totally. Yeah. So a lovely way to put it. Cause I'm mostly wandering around inside. Yeah. Just in circles. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> all I've been doing all day today. <laughs> it's good to get out. It's good to look at. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Hmm. I think patience, being mm-hmm. patient. Um, that is much better than it used to be. My process in the past was an impatient one because it was fueled by fear. 
that if I didn't write all the time or that if I weren't producing, if I wasn't producing all the time that I wouldn't be able to. Uh, and so at this point, I feel pretty confident that, you know, I work in cycles and that what I need to do is be ready when a new cycle is starting, like when there is a period where I feel like writing just to make sure that I can create some space for that work to happen, uh, set aside some space for that work to happen, prioritize that, which can get a little tricky with teaching yeah, um, sure. and with travel. But I think carving out space and then giving myself the, the room to try new things and write really messy drafts. That's been new as well. The messy draft. <laughs> I love a messy draft. That's my, that's just my favorite thing. <laughs> well, actually revision is my favorite thing. So I, I, I'm happy with the messy draft. Yeah. Well, re revision is now my favorite thing, but in the past I used to want to produce a very clean draft and, and after writing a dissertation, which was just a lot of words yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't know how to wrinkle. I had no idea how to wrinkle that, uh, the I got a little bit more comfortable with them with the messy draft kind of situation <laughs> and awesome. now it's it's really been I feel like my work has really benefited from being a little bit more expansive and um and then revising down as makes sense yeah what is your biggest joy in writing making stuff <laughs> <laughs> I know right that's exactly the right answer for me I love writing poems. Like it feels really good to make a small piece of art or to make a longer piece of art or to think about how these small pieces of art fit together into um, a body. Yeah. Like it's super exciting. Making I really enjoy my work. I love that. As, so, you, sh as you should. As, as you should. should. Like what as we all should. If it's not fun. Exactly. Right? If there's some joy. Like why? Like there are so many other things one can be doing. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing like reading over a couple of really good sentences that you've written and just having that feeling in your gut, like, oh yes, I got that right. You know, I like to stand up. I like to put my arms out. I'm just like, there we go. <laughs> Here I am. I model that for my students too. Like I, I talked to them about that, about just that moment of just like, I wrote that. That feels oh. very good. Um, uh, and I think I think some of them get it. I think the ones who have a more writerly impulse are like, oh, yeah, I have had that feeling. Mm -hmm. And then some of them who are taking the class because they don't know what else to do uh, are just like, no, I don't know. And that's OK, too. <laughs> that's all right. Maybe they'll feel it with I'm something. Gonna, maybe gonna, not writing, but maybe something else. I'm going to steal that from you because I've spent a lot of time with my students just saying like, well, writing is so hard. Oh, my God. How do we do it? You know, but I need to I need to maybe go into some celebration a little bit more with them. Thank you for that. Yeah. What is the absolute best or worst writing advice you've ever been given? The, the most annoying, I'm not even going to answer it. No, I, uh, I love annoying. <laughs> the most annoying advice I was given was um, when I was in my MFA program, there was a poet, uh, a fellow student uh, who had, I think, what did he say? He said something like, don't ever use love or beauty in a poem. And I was like, I'm so bored. I fell asleep while you were talking. My eyes oh. just hurt from the roll. It was <laughs> yeah, large yeah. muscle strain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was but, guy in your MFA. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like sometimes men, white men, straight white men kind of struggle, <laughs> right? They've been told not to, not to access these things in like a sort of head on way. I just really like to, mm -hmm. to, to sort of lean into love and beauty 
um, and figure and, and so I, I think I understood to some extent what he was saying, because I think a lot of people might use those terms as shorthand mm-hmm. sure. without saying like what that love is or what that beauty does. Right. Like the, the sort of strangeness about those things. And so I guess it was influential advice, even though it was annoying, because whenever I put like whenever I write a love poem or whenever I'm I don't use the word beauty very often, but. I use the word love a lot. And I, I try to think about the particularities of the kind of love that I'm describing. Uh, so maybe it was, maybe it was useful. <laughs> useful in a really slanted way. Yeah. yeah contrary <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> I, I'm going to hazard a guess that you're probably writing more than he is right now. I mean, it's possible. It's, yeah. it's, you you know, know, we're all on journeys. Yeah. We're all on our journeys yeah. doing the best we yeah. can. You're probably writing about love more than he is. I'm gonna... I mean, I think that's probably right. <laughs> Yeah. Can you share a quick, uh, quick craft tip of any sort with us? Mm, I was thinking about this. Um, so I enjoy persona. Uh, I'm moving away from it a little bit, but um, I like thinking about uh, when inhabiting a persona, like really thinking about the physical qualities of that persona as a, as well as the sort of emotional landscapes that go along with that. And so, I mean, I know most people do this when they, when they write in persona, but um, in my collection, there are, there are lots of hybrid animals, mm-hmm. lots of Greek uh, hybrids as it were. Yeah. And uh, when I think about, I really like the Seder poem, love poem Seder. And uh, in it, you know, it's like the speaker is filing her horns and like trimming her beard and right so it's just like thinking about like what that little goat person body looks like and incorporating that into um and putting that into relationship with sort of the the sexual randiness that typically accompanies the satyr um (laughs) i think matters so lovely so the physical remembering the physicality Mm -hmm. as well as the emotion Awesome. When you have self-doubt or dark days, how do you deal with it? Mm. Like self-doubt about the work? Yeah, you're about, about like um, yourself as a writer. Am I good? Am I terrible? Mm-hmm. On those days that you can't really see the forest for the trees, to use a cliche. That's a little bit tricky because it doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. Um, good. I don't, that, I don't mean that in the like, oh, I think I'm like great but I feel like pretty solid like as a writer um and I feel like my ego is is pretty healthy like I don't think oh I'm the best or but I think oh I can make a solid piece of art that's taken some time and I think that goes back to the question that you asked earlier about um uh the one where I talked about sort of learning how to be patient right 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 so yeah the challenge um and so I think at this point like my 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 practices are of patience. Like I will write again, like that will circle back around. These poems are good. And by good, I mean, I enjoy them. Uh, So I think I feel really grateful that I don't have too many instances of the, the dark night of the soul when it comes to writing. I have it in lots of other spaces. (laughs) (laughs) Rest assured. In every other space one can imagine, but it seems like, you know, I think, Oh, I can make like a little, I can make a little piece of art. Um, that's lovely. And that'll be okay. That's great. And it means being sensitive to my, to my cycles, you know, like, oh, I'm in a fallow period. So making art in a fallow period doesn't feel good. I'll just be patient. <laughs> There's such <laughs> a comfort in knowing our own process, I think. And that's, and that's something that I always want my students and, and new writers to, to come to as quickly as possible is, is experiencing mm-hmm. a, an entire project 
and getting to know your process because the more you know it, the 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 easier it is when you do come across those those hard days. For me, it's always at the end of a book. At the end of a book, I can't I can't work and I mm-hmm. and I forget it every single time and I need to go back yeah. to the beginning and revise to the end. But mm-hmm. but yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, on really bad days, if you had them, if you did, if you if you were told you couldn't write and you couldn't teach anymore, what other profession out there, out of all the professions, would you choose? Do I get to go back to school for this? Heck yes. Um, <laughs> of course. Well, there's the fantasy, which I know is is uh, unattainable of oh, being a scientist. Fantasy. What kind of well, scientist? A, I mean, a zoologist, probably an ornithologist. I really oh, like birds. They're super weird. Yay. But that's not, that's not feasible because there's a lot of chemistry that one has to get through <laughs> to get to the fun part with birds. True. So, uh, but I do have in the, in the back of my mind, um, an idea that I will go back to school at some point, uh, to get a master's in arts therapy, uh, and the idea of working with either young people or with, um, veterans sounds really great. It sounds really purposeful. sounds really grounded. Um, and like using art to help process trauma makes sense to me because that's a lot of what I do. Awesome. So art as in physical art, um, not writing or all of it? Physical art, visual art, writing, um, thinking about like how all of those modes might help us process trauma into something that feels a bit more manageable and apprehendable. I yeah. love that. I love that. Um, what is the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? Uh, recently, I read uh, Gabby Calvo-Caressi's uh, Rocket Fantastic. I Which have not heard fantastic. of it. <laughs> it's Writing a really it wonderful. Uh, so she, so Gabby has in this collection um, a couple of speakers and um, a few characters, one of whom is the band leader. Uh, and the band leader's pronouns are a symbol, which is um, when spoken and intake of breath. So it's like, <gasps> is, the, is the band leader's pronoun? That's awesome. Um, it's super, it's very dope. It's so good. Wow. And there's this like, very amazing turn that happens in the, in the middle of the, somewhere around like the middle of the collection. There's like just a really fantastic turn. Like, like the structure is so amazing. The poems are really exciting and strange and full of deer and just like weird animals. I'm super into that. There's a lot of sky. <laughs> It's just really good. It's, it's maybe wonderful. my favorite thing I've read all year. I mean, she definitely like pinged like, you know, target audience right here. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that when you find the book that is written for you. I, lo- mm-hmm. I love sinking into that. That's so fantastic. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I will uh, rock it fantastic. I will check that out. Yep. And um, what would you like to tell us about right now? Where can we find you? Oh, where can you find me? Um, I have some readings coming up. Uh, hmm. So I'll be reading at the College of Charleston uh, in November. Are those on uh, your website? They will be on my website. Okay, they will be on the <laughs> website. And that's at DanikaKelly.com, right? DanikaKelly.com. So okay, yeah, I have, some, I have some stuff going on there. Um, the chapbook, uh, Aviarium, which is, I have a copy here. You do it's like so, birds. That's right. It's so cute. Oh. Jason Dodge. That's beautiful. Uh, does is like the publisher for this press called 500 places and it's darling i think they're out of berlin wow so it's just it's a lovely little object really <laughs> it makes cool. me really happy to just like hold it and it's yeah. full of birds 
Um, so a nice supplement. It's actually a number of poems that were culled from bestiary because there were too many birds. It's <laughs> <laughs> great expansion. Now, are you a birder? I am not actually. Um, I'm always on the I'm, verge of becoming a birder. Like I, I'm always trying to hold myself back from doing it because I think right. I'll go too, I'll go go too far. It'll take over all my time. Will it? Uh, Will no, it I probably help? won't. Probably won't. No, I'm just scared of it. I don't make binoculars. I need the book. <laughs> Those are two things. <laughs> Those two things. You need the binoculars and the book. <laughs> I can write whole books, but like buying a book on birds is just beyond me. So you buy a book, yeah. you get your binoculars, and then you go out very early in the morning. I like I that. Think that's it. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a good morning person. Yeah. Now, why aren't you a birder then? I, I am not a morning person. <laughs> um, that's a very good answer. <laughs> that's a big part of it. Um, I enjoy encountering birds as they come to me. Um, I don't always seek them out, but I'm excited. Like, um, there are lots of robins here, lots of um, European starlings. Uh, I get really excited about them, even though I know they're an invasive species. Uh, they're just so pretty. Uh, my grandpa... If, if there's time for just this one little thing, of course, my grandpa uh, lives in Modesto and he and I'd flown into Oakland, not far, which is where I live. Right. So so I'd flown into Oakland and I'd taken the train to Livermore, <laughs> taking the BART because that's the end of the BART. It's the end of the line. Because <laughs> uh, my grandpa, you know, he's he's not young uh, and dealing with the with the Bay Area traffic is a bit much sometimes. So uh, so I would take the train into Livermore. And uh, I remember we were driving back uh, to Modesto and he was talking about all of the ducks that were in this field because um, ducks do that. Like they just like hang out in the field yep. and then they all just like, you know, do that thing. Yep. Like they just like rise up like I a little flock it. of ducks. It's, so <laughs> it's just like it's wonderful. Um, and I don't like swarming, but I can handle <laughs> flocks of birds and schools of fish, but any other kind of swarming and I'm, I I'm out. That's valid. That's completely valid. I want to see a murmuration of starlings, but I don't want to see a murmuration of fleas, you know, period. Right. None of that. No insects. No insects. <laughs> no small mammals. I was in um, um, Puerto Vallarta a couple weeks ago, and and we saw these birds in these trees, and they were called chachalacas, and they mm. were like peacocks with their feathers, except done brown and and mm. down instead of up. It was just, and so, and a birder was with me and, and had her binoculars and I got to really look at this bird and it was, Oh no, going down, <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> just do it. I will. It sounds like I, it's what you want to do. <laughs> it's going to, I always have these, it's kind of like what you're saying, the, the sprouts that I can feel the urges of, of new hobbies I'm going to be obsessed by before it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, Danica, thank you so, so, so much for spending your time with us this evening. And this has been a true pleasure. This was delightful. You're delightful. Thank Thank you, you, Rachel. So are you. (laughs) Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>